maybe if one thing about our podcast is is unique is the fact that we do not necessarily strive for articulateness. <laughs> and I think I think that I mean in podcasting school, I'm sure that there is a that there's a, a bit of a premium on that. But I think we are not after, you know, kind of being crystalline about what we say about these stories because they're moving targets and they change every time we read them. Hi, book and story fans. For about three years now, Peter Orner and I have brought you episodes of The Lonely Voice as part of the Texas Public Radio Book Public Podcast. Well, we've got some exciting news. We're spinning off to bring you The Lonely Voice as its own podcast. It's one you can subscribe to, and we hope that you do, so we know that you're out there and you don't miss a single episode. If you're not familiar with The Lonely Voice, well, listen to what follows. It's going to feel like you're eavesdropping on a conversation between a couple of people who really love stories. Listen. Peter, how would you describe The Lonely Voice to somebody? I would say that it's uh, you and me. I wouldn't even say like geeking out. I think that would be putting it mildly. But we kind of live for this stuff. And uh, we talk about things that probably we wouldn't talk about with anybody else because nobody else would sort of like indulge in this the way we do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, you know, I think I think our love of short stories is kind of um, uh, bordering on obsessive and freaky. <laughs> I agree. I mean, people who have heard past episodes have said to me, that they feel like they're listening in on a conversation about a story and the two people who are talking about it are really into short stories. <laughs> it's, ve it's very hard to explain it and then, you know, to somebody who's not heard it before. But then when people listen, even though they feel like, well, I haven't read the story, I'm not sure I'm going to catch the thread if I start to listen they'll say that inevitably they do they do catch on and they want to go read the story right after our listeners i think are fellow story junkies i think it's key like that we talk about that you don't have to read the story yeah you'll probably want to go read it yeah. but you'll be so involved not just in the story or whatever we share about the author but i think some of the questions that we raise too because we we're not about explicating or interpreting the story you know we're a, we're a couple of professors telling everybody what the story means right. like some kind of audio cliff's notes because like it's not sure that's what we should talk about like this is exactly <laughs> it we're not a couple of professors even though i suppose our day jobs might indicate such we are definitely not approaching it from that point of view in fact people who are listening might be thinking as one student said to me, who listened to one of the episodes, said, it sounds like you weren't sure what the story means. It kind of threw me off because you usually sound like you know what you're talking about. But the point really was, as I explained it to the student, that's the point. We're looking at it with totally new eyes. And, you know, give me a story that means something. I'm going to run the other way. There's such a 
malpractice in the way that this is approached in an academic settings that 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 we are I hopefully doing a little bit to break that down. You know, somebody said to me last week that the, they felt like the short story was experiencing some kind of new life or something like there were more story collections out there. I don't know what's in the zeitgeist or what people are noticing. I've always felt that short stories don't get the respect that they deserve. And certainly the stories that we talk about, you know, sometimes they're a little obscure or or they're not. They're pretty well known and we still try to tackle them. But again, the idea is to do it through a totally new prism. I'm at a different stage in my life than I was when I first read most of these stories, for example. Not in every case, but so for even that, I think any new reading, I think at any stage is a kind of a different story. I also think like this idea that we hear every once in a while, the, the short story is having a resurgence. The short story is having a renaissance. And you hit it exactly right. That is always bullshit. And it's not that I, I don't necessarily agree that the short story doesn't get enough respect or that it doesn't get the respect it deserves. Because I've always felt like if you don't give the short story the respect it deserves, that's your problem. It's not the story's problem. And I feel like everyone who loves stories and and not just loves stories, but needs them, gets that. And so the idea that we have to sell short stories as a concept, you know, I refuse. I hate this idea that we're talking about short stories because we're keeping our podcast episode short and a novel is just too long and a short story second place. It's a different species. It's and, different. You know, yeah. it, there's no hierarchy, although Faulkner made a hierarchy. He said poetry, stories, <laughs> novel um, in that order of hierarchy. But, you know, it's just, it, I, I think we live in a country that's obsessed by, you know, size. I think this podcast is for people who who are particularly invested or, or attracted to this art, art form and it's a it's a separate art form it's a you know self-contained kind of now i'm just rambling no because i'm thinking about what you wrote i have it right in front of me you said our most enduring stories never end in this way they may last even longer than their fatter counterparts another way of saying it the difference between a short story and a novel is the difference between an inarticulate pang in your heart compared to the tragedy of your whole life. I think about that quote all the time. Every time I'm, I'm, I open up a, a short story and I say, I'm going to test out that idea. I'm going to see. <laughs> You're always right, Peter. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, it just sounds like, I mean, it sounds like the kind of thing that I would absolutely criticize, which is something <laughs> some sweeping generalization with a certain specificity that gives it authority. And I just feel like it's totally bogus. But on the other hand, there might be times that, are, that it's true. And I, I mean, I guess if I was to pull anything out of that, it's, you know, it's the inarticulation, inarticulate, inarticulateness of what makes something work, you know, and that, that certainly doesn't just apply to, to, to a short story, obviously. But I feel like there's just too much articulateness out there. Maybe if one thing about our podcast is is unique is the fact that we do not necessarily strive for articulateness. <laughs> and I think I think that I mean in podcasting school, I'm sure that there is a that there's a, a bit of a premium on that. And I'm not saying you know oh, there's great podcasts that kind of 
traffic in uncertainty in beautiful ways. And, and I think we try and channel that too, but I think we are not after, you know, kind of being crystalline about what we say about these stories because they're moving targets and they change every time we read them. Yes. And you are also the person who says that we shouldn't even be talking about the short stories to begin with. We should just be reading them. And other things that we say very often on The Lonely Voice, let's see, one thing we say all the time is, I know we're not supposed to be hyperbolic, but <laughs> and <Right>. then. <laughs> right. And there we go. It's like, this story is the greatest story about loneliness <laughs> and reunions that you will ever read. And, you know, and then until we get to the next one. But, you know, I, I think, I mean, I think we try to, um, I feel like it's weird, like we're talking about ourselves. You know? <laughs> That's okay. But, you know, we, I think we try to balance boostiness with, uh, you know, with a certain kind of measured, you know, I, I think we all, I think we always try and rein that in because I think it, it is not just a, a celebration. It's a, it's a, it's a deep look and deep looks aren't, aren't always uncritical. We also say that we don't want to get all crafty. Yes. No crafty. Totally do that all the time. We are always, we often crafty. And you always say something like, this would never work in the hands of a lesser writer when yeah. we're looking at something really specific that is so breathtakingly gorgeous. Which is another kind of thing like, I mean, test that out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe give it to a lesser writer. Maybe see what they do with it. <laughs> I mean, so I just feel like everything we say is questionable. And I, I, I think that's, I think what what makes this work and 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 it's you know when you're talking to somebody who knows it as well as you do as as carefully as you read these stories it's just a blast to talk to you about it because you don't I don't feel like I'm talking to a void which is how I feel most of the time you know so well and the lonely voice that's a little bit of an homage to Frank O'Connor who's who wrote that seminal work about the short story called the lonely voice I feel like that's an important thing to mention too. Absolutely. I mean, I think the one thing about stories that makes them also unique, they're very hard to talk about. And that's why for for all of the voluminous criticism out there in the universe of fiction, of poetry, of it's there's a minuscule amount, a minuscule amount of criticism that deals with short stories compared to other literary forms and i think there's a reason for that and i've never quite understood why my thought is it's just incredible this incredibly singular form and in incredibly elastic form so that structurally there there are so many possibilities in a story that i think i do think and maybe i can say this with a little bit of authority or something, even though it may be bullshit, there's an infinite, infinite way of, of creating a story. And maybe there are certain limitations in other forms that the story doesn't experience. This is making any sense at all. I mean, I, but it may not like a poet might say, what are you talking about? A novelist might say, what are you, what are you talking about? Right. So I don't know. No, I understand everything you said. So I think this is why we can, have a podcast like the lonely voice and people can listen in and they can begin to understand i really i really feel that way 
I mean, this idea that O'Connor had that all stories are about loss and this reflects the human condition. And when you confront a loss or when a character confronts a loss, there's some kind of a shift. It's either really subtle or it's really dramatic. You know, that's another thing I think about all the time in terms of why I'm so in love with short stories. I think that's an idea that I, I'll i just never get over because, you know, we read to know that we are not alone and all of this, but there's something so beautiful there in that connection, in that connection we make with the story or that, that connection that we make with each other because of stories that I just find so appealing. And and I think that's what O'Connor was mining at. It was, was, was sort of, you know, kind of trying to, to get at that there's something about this form that sort of um, is, is, is more about loneliness than, than, than maybe a longer work, which is, you know, you can't really sustain. <laughs> I mean, you can't, I mean, there's been, it's been done, but there's something, you know, about stories that channel the loneliness that a lot of us feel. And um, I think that's why he named his book, The Lonely Voice, specifically because it had to do with stories and his idea of stories coming from a sort of um, a corner of society as opposed to sort of, you know, kind of the leading voices of a place, but usually from a, from an angle, uh, you know, what he considered a more outsider point of view. And I think, again, this doesn't mean that poems and novels and other forms of literary art don't often do that. But I think he was making the point that, that there's something about the containment of a story that seemed to kind of point in the direction that it was often coming from a voice that isn't quite as listened to. So, Peter, you're a very busy person. You're a very busy writer and professor and husband and father. And you have many, many other things that pull at your attention. Why in the world would you spend any time on a short story podcast? <laughs> Why? Why? Because I get to talk to you and I get to work with Texas Public Radio. I mean, what could be better? And and this is what I do in my head. So being able to talk to you about this stuff it means that I can sort of have a sort of release valve of what I'm usually just saying in my head. So there it is. So now you know, The Lonely Voice. Subscribe wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Upcoming episodes include our conversations about stories by Grace Paley, Dennis Johnson, Leonard Michaels, and the one who started it all for a lot of the lonely voices out there, Gina Berrio. The Lonely Voice podcast comes to you from Texas Public Radio. Dan Katz is TPR's news director. Peter Orner is the author of several books, including Still No Word From You and Maggie Brown and Others. He's the director of creative writing at Dartmouth College. I'm Yvette Benavides. If you want to suggest a story or learn more about the podcast, send me an email at yvette at tpr.org. And thanks for listening. Thank you.